Welcome, folks, to a special edition of the Impact Real Estate Podcast, presented by Jackson Lucas Executive Search. My name is Julio Lara. I'm a producer of this show. Uh, Chris is not here today, but it's okay. Uh, today, we'll look back at uh, 2022 with uh, two co-hosts of the show, uh, Lisa Flicker and Victoria Whitaker. Hello, ladies. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing very well, Julio. Thanks, thanks for having us. No, no, no. Thanks for coming on. I know we're... We are a little behind the scenes. We are we are recording this during vacation time because we're wrapping up the end of the of the season. And I know um, Lisa's background right now is a beach. And what are you in the Cayman Islands? Is that where you're at right now? I am. I am. And if you can hear the sounds of the ocean, let's try to bring that into uh, 2023. The waves. <laughs> Um, as always, we want to thank everyone for their support of the show and invite everyone to share the podcast with their networks via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or online at jacksonlucas.com. Um, we're just going to talk a little bit about 2022. Both of you were such an integral part of the integral part of the show, and I kind of just want to wrap things up with a bow here and uh, talk a little bit about 2022, the episodes, the lessons that we've learned. Um, as always, uh, hopefully bringing really good content to people who listen. So again, thank you to everyone. Thank you to you both for participating in the podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys had um, as much fun as I did producing the show. So oh, um, a lot of gratitude for, for 2022. We had a great time. It's really been exciting. Yeah, we had a great time. I feel like my joining Jackson Lucas was partially due to the fact that I would be given that proverbial microphone. So there you go. <laughs> there's no, there's no particular order of these questions. I kind of just, uh, I just want to ask them, get your take. So feel free to, feel free to answer whatever order you guys want. Um, let's start with, um, you know, do you have, uh, do either of you have a favorite interview of the season, and and why? It could be one that you participated in. It could be one that you listened to. Do you have a favorite interview amongst the what? I think we've done thirty-five of them in this season. You want to start, Lisa? So, sure, absolutely. So my my favorite, and maybe this is a little self-serving, was definitely the one that Chris and I did together. And I think part of it was I was kind of getting to know the podcast, getting to know the firm. And Chris and I just had so much fun doing it. I mean, I feel like we were like two school kids laughing behind the scenes. It was just a lot of fun. And also, it's interesting when you start working with somebody, sometimes it's awkward to ask them questions but i felt like because of the podcast we were interviewing each other it kind of worked out pretty well so that was that was by far my most fun one chris is always has has the best so what about you victoria do you have a favorite one um i i yeah, i enjoyed so many of them um i just thought it was just it's it's really nice to hear why people do their jobs um, and hear their stories. Um, often in recruiting, we're seeing like someone's LinkedIn and we're seeing the facts. Um, and so it's just great to kind of hear the story behind it. I really um, like Derek Tillman, who um, was at Bridging the Gap Development. And I liked hearing about his story because it just re felt reminiscent of my own, where he was really just trying to figure out how to come back to his community and work across different sectors, um, including, you know, housing. And, and I think his his success is proof that you can't really go at it alone. I think particularly um, 
if you're trying to make it to make a change in, in the housing market for communities. And so it was really great to hear him. I also really liked Tiffany Cooper, who um, worked at Kimpton Hotels, and she did just a really good job of selling me on wanting to stay in one of her hotels. So I've just been searching since. Um, so it was her, it was good to hear her career. Um, she'd been there for so long. Um, and, and so it was just great to hear her passion for the brand. Now I see, feel so awful. You're like, you like pick two people and you are like how wonderful they are. I'm like, I like mine the best. Well, don't worry because Chris didn't interview me. And if he had, then, then it would be my favorite. Um, but you know, I, Excellent. I don't, no, Next I don't year. have that choice just yet, but when he does, don't worry. At least it will probably be my favorite too. And now I'm actually sad. I didn't listen to awesome. yours. Now I'm going to go listen to it. Excellent. And maybe next year we could do some together. Yeah. It's the girlfriend it. hour. Girl power. There you go. That'd be better. I know Chris sometimes gets tired of listening to his own voice, so it'd be good to to mix it up a little bit and have some other capable hosts uh, lead the podcast. I'm not sure so if that's really true. Well, you, Leo, you're really <laughs> Uh, I like being behind the scenes. I mean, I, I, I've been told I have a face for radio and, and I believe I have a voice for television. So it's just one of those weird things where <laughs> it really depends. <laughs> but all you guys do a fantastic job. And I think it's part of your jobs, right? Like, you know, getting to know people and, you know, from uh, from this perspective, it's great to have kind of a, a look behind the curtain as to like what makes um, Jackson Lucas so special as a firm, right? It's that... Uh, it isn't just like going through LinkedIn and be like, oh, that works. Go ahead and like, you know, you should call them up. It really is about getting to know the people behind it. And, and unless you take the time to actually interview them and kind of get the story out of them, um, you don't really know. And so it's really fun just to, to listen to the stories and, and kind of see how people have approached affordable, I mean, uh, uh, real estate in general. I mean, I talk about affordable housing because, you know, I work for a nonprofit in San Francisco. So, um, so that's always really fun for me as, as I, you know, listen to the interviews and produce the show. Uh, I'm curious if there is like a overarching like lesson that either of you got from the uh, from this season. Is there anything that sticks out as far as like, you know, the one takeaway from from the year that that, you know, you, you, you can put in your back pocket and kind of just refer to as you listen to these interviews, as you kind of get people's stories. Is there anything from that 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 really um, um, inspired you or motivated you in 2022? For me, it was definitely how much tenacity and grit each one of the successful entrepreneurs had. Because I feel like it's very easy to look at somebody who's successfully running a company and think, oh yeah, well, they did it. Sure, it was easy. It looks easy. It looks easy when you're sitting on the sidelines. But I feel like every one of them expressed some type of failure that uh, some type of adversity some type of challenge but they stuck with it long enough and put in the hard work and i think they're to me learning that there is no there's no quick fix to that that is a hundred percent the formula for success luck helps too but that's that's the, the big part of it how about you victoria yeah, for me, it was just the, the sheer passion that people have um, for for their work. And I think, you know, we really dive deep into what brought people into real estate and they talk about their childhood stories and why, you know, the work is so important to them or how the values um, that they were raised with really helped determine what they're doing now. And and so for me, it was really about learning about the why, learning to understand like how people um grew up and then how they're that 
kind of changes their decisions today. Um, and so, um, yeah, I really enjoyed kind of hearing, hearing people's childhood stories. And I think for me, um, learning that about someone can really help when, when you're, when you're starting to build that relationship and understand, okay, like how then can the work that we do together serve, um, your own values and, and what's important to you. And you know, what's interesting. I feel like the, when you meet the leaders of these companies, that is what's infused into the culture. Like, it's really fascinating. And for us, I think as recruiters, having those conversations and just to piggyback off of what you said, it is fascinating because you can like see, oh, well, this person really cares about impact and this person really cares about ESG and this person, and you kind of watch it trickle down. So I agree, it, it, it's definitely fascinating to get to know these people on that level to help them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've always been a big fan of how the the show, even you know, this is four seasons now that we've recorded with Chris. Um, it, it's always stayed true to the to the core, which is to really show everyone who listens that there really isn't a linear path to a career. There is a lot of, like you say, at least a lot of challenges along the way, and through those bumps in the road is where you discover, like you mentioned, uh, Victoria, like what, what your true passion is as you stumble across and kind of figure things out. Um, and I think with Chris, when we started the show, it was really important for him to show like, uh, you know, people who are, you know, fresh out of university who are going to be looking for a job. It's like who f feel like part of the part of the curve here is having it all figured out. But very seldomly does that happen, especially in real estate, right? You, you always end up ping-ponging somewhere and then boom you end up where you're supposed to be so I always find that really fascinating about these interviews how many people uh, that you all talk to actually echo that in some way shape or form yeah there's no right path to get where you're going I think it's about following your passion what's in front of you and what the next step is and so I heard that a lot this season too and it turns out that I think there, there are so many different types of real estate asset classes. And if you look at the individual properties, they also carry that like authentic piece of who they are, you know, the living, breathing buildings. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm wondering, uh, you know, we're recording this at the end of 2022. Um, and again, thank you to everyone who listens on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or online at jacksonlucas.com. Um, I'm when I was, we were supposed to do these interviews before Christmas, and we're now we're doing them uh, afterwards. I'm wondering, so I have to change this question up a little bit. Do you, either of you, have a a New Year's resolution list of not uh, for for uh, you know as a recruiter? Do you have a uh, something that you resolve to in 2023? I have a few of them, and as my family can tell you, I make resolutions for my whole family. I'm like, okay. Honey, here are yours. Kids, here are yours. <laughs> so as you can imagine, they love that. Um, but I think my list is very much about adding extra value. And so I think for 25 years in the executive search business, it was about like, I just want to know everyone. I just want to meet people. I want to talk to people. I want to know if a, if a client of mine has an assignment, I, I like to know right away, like, oh, this would be the best person for it because I kind of know their family life or I know, you know, I joke, I'm like a professional Yenza. So I feel like 
that's good and that helps. But what I'm really hoping for for my my recruiter wish list, if you will, is that this year we can add more. We're, we just uh, merged with a compensation consulting practice to be able to offer that value to really do more thought leadership so that I can and not have it only be New York centric. So the thing that I love is every day I get to talk to Victoria and I get to talk to Chris and they're on the West Coast and I'm on the East Coast and we have folks in Miami and Boston and Dallas and just this like really the, the whole national perspective. Um, and maybe Q4, we'll talk about an international perspective, but. Let's do it. We'll, we'll, we'll keep that one for Q4, Q4 secret. <laughs> Is that what you're doing in Cayman Islands, scoping out some office space? Exactly, exactly. exactly. That's, that's ours right there, that hammock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Put the big Jackson Lucas sign and we're good to go. <laughs> um, so I am uh, not on Lisa's level. I have not thought about my 2023 New Year resolutions just yet. Um, as soon as you said it, Julia, I was like, oh yeah, I guess like the New Year is Sunday. <laughs> um, so, um, but while she was speaking That's about, because you're so perfect. You don't need to change anything. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Um, I just like haven't haven't done my full New Year reflection. But you know, I think what comes top of mind for me are two things. Like I'm always trying to um, trust myself a bit more um, and and really stand in kind of um, my opinions, my experiences. At this point, um, you know, I've 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 been at, at Jackson Lucas for a while, but I've had a lot of experience in and out of different firms, and I've hired people, I've managed teams, I've I've done a lot of coaching. I coach myself. And so um, really just like standing firmer and in my own opinions and in beliefs and values. And I think for me, that translates to clients by helping them do the same. And so like Lisa said, adding that extra value, um, often I'll work with clients who are unsure or who can feel a little lost in the interview process, certainly as they try to understand like what's best for their team and, and what's best for um, what's best you know, the candidate to choose. And so I think for me, one thing that I want to do is work closer with my clients to really help them feel, you know, stand in, in their and trust themselves and their teams um, to make these big decisions that do matter. And sometimes they lean on us and want our opinions, which we are happy to give. But I think the more that we can help them develop that skill themselves and, um, you know, learn, learn kind of how to trust themselves in these processes, like the better choices they make, the better candidates they pull in and the happier everyone is. Um, I think that's probably top of mind for me right now. And I think that while, of course, I love all my clients, my favorites are always companies that are looking to grow. Mm -hmm. And they come to us and they say, we know we need to change something, but we don't know what the best practices look like. Mm -hmm. And where we can sit down with them and we can say, okay, well, this is how the bigger companies do it. This is how the medium-sized companies do it. Take them through the org charts, take them through because it's always so interesting, you'll find in these companies, they'll have a COO who's really the CFO. They have a CFO who's also the general counsel and really just adding that structure. And then at the end, having the client just say to us how balanced and like well-performing their companies work after. It's just like, I don't know. I feel like there's such a personal satisfaction that I take from that that I look forward to many more of those, hopefully in 2023. I'm going to manifest that. Yeah, bring it in. You put it out into the universe, into the, bring it into the Cayman Islands air. It's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of the islands, I could tell uh, Lisa's weather is beating mine right now. I can't tell Victoria's indoors. How's the weather, Victoria? 
I'm in Southern California and I just don't feel like I can complain about the weather right now because I think that like half of the United States has been in like a polar vortex. Um, but I will complain because I'm a Californian and there are clouds in the sky. It was raining yesterday. We are all a little sad, but it was 79 degrees and sunny on Christmas. So really, I don't have any complaints. Not at least this level, but you know, I, I don't think Southern Pretty close. It's, it's not that much better here, but... It is pretty beautiful, so. Well, in true Chris Papa fashion, I asked about the weather because it's time for the hot seat. <laughs> Are you guys ready for the hot seat? We're ready. The Hot Seat is sponsored by KK Reset. KK Reset is an HR management and outsourcing consulting firm that specializes in helping organizations to reset their culture, structure, and path. They do this through services, which include comprehensive consultation to identify gaps and opportunities for corporate training programs, HR services, and career mapping services. They've collaborated with nonprofits, startups, and academic organizations to protect them from liabilities, reduce turnover, and preserve their brands. They have also collaborated with a number of my clients on the real estate front who are not large enough to have their own in-house HR program. So. They outsource it to KK Reset. KK Reset comes in, maybe sits on site a couple days a week and provides you know everything you need from an HR perspective for your, for your firm. So it's a great uh, resource for those shops who just maybe it doesn't make sense for them to have in-house HR function. Um, so please check them out at kkreset.com, K-K-R-E-S-E-T.com. Let's start with the hot seat. I know that you guys have your set of questions that you tend to ask. I'm mixing it up because in true hot seat fashion, we're gonna switch the questions around. So. Instead of a book or a podcast recommendation, I'm going to ask for a music recommendation. Do you have a music recommendation? So right before we left for vacation, my husband and I went with some other folks to see Bocelli, Andrea Bocelli. Oh, my wife is all about Andrea right now. (laughs) And, you know, I always thought his music was fantastic, but I don't think I really knew his story. And he went blind at 12 and he's able to still do this. And then he has this obviously the most beautiful wife in the world, beautiful son, beautiful daughter, and they all performed at the show. And I, it just made me like a diehard fan forever. So I'm going to say he, he's moved up to my number one seat, taking the place of Billy Joel. Congratulations to Andrea, wherever he, he may be listening. Uh, what do we do, Um, Yeah, I listen to like, Beyonce, Ariana Grande. I listened to really, yeah, all the pop, all the pop. But I last night I decided to take a bath and turn on the SZA um, SOS album, and that was very good. Some really great R and B. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's all I got for you. That works for me. That's a great basic <laughs> recommendation. Um, we're gonna Victoria's say much cooler than I am. I'm not cool. We're not gonna <laughs> venture too far off the. the we're not going to venture too far off the hot seat path. I do. I'm wondering if you do have, uh, well, uh, not a recommendation, but what's the best thing you read in 2022? Doesn't have to be a book. So, the best thing I've, and I have to say, I've cheated. I go on and off between reading and listening on Audible, but I, I'm almost through it, and I started it not, you know, before our first podcast. So, is Atlas Shrugged, and I think no matter what you believe in politically it's just a really different perspective 
that of course my husband makes fun of me. He's like, most people read that in college. You're like 50 and reading it. He's like, and I feel like you're like, you have the fresh eyes of a, like a new college kid where you're like, did you read this part? It's so amazing. But there are so many pieces of it that it's just, I don't know. I feel like it's just so philosophically, like it resonates with me in such a strong way that it just blows my mind every time I listen to it. So I could not endorse it enough. What about you, Vitor? I'm going to cheat and and say a podcast because I was just looking at my bookcase and unclear if I finished any of those books this year. But um, uh, I was actually just, I love Renee Brown's podcast and she has a few and I was just listening to Unlocking Us um, and she talks about boundaries and I think um, don't always think about like those within within the like workspace um, for companies, for managers, for people who work there. And so, I mean, I think Renee Brown just has like so many great insights. Um, and so, yeah, I love I love the Unlocking Us podcast. I also like Megan Markle's Archetypes podcast, which is also really good um, and about a lot of different archetypes that women face um, and people kind of speak out about them. So those are two podcast that I like, um, I will refer back to my bookcase next year where hopefully I finished more of these books and I can speak about them. I'll tell you, Brene Brown is my favorite. I love her. I love her. She's, I feel like I think about her every time I get on an airplane and I sit next to somebody, you know, her story in her first book where she talks about, so I get on a plane. I look at the person next to me and if they start talking to me and then they say, what do you do? And she's like, well, I study shame. She's like, and then they never talk to me again. (laughs) She's so great. Um, do, well, what is your most memorable hire of the year? Uh, it could be like, um, you know, someone that you placed. Do you have a, a, a most memorable one? Uh, for for 2022. So my most memorable hire for 2022 um, is only memorable because I did it for a iconic New York City family. They came to us, they wanted to hire a COO and they said, so I was in the room with a very impressive group of characters third generation, second generation, third generation. And they, when we sat down and we said what we needed, I said, I know the person and I gave the person's name. And to me, when it ends up that at the end of the process, they not only do they want that person, but they turn around and say, you were so right. I, I, that sounds obnoxious. I don't mean it like that, but I mean, when they turn around and they say, you really understood our culture, you really understood what we needed. And it, and it goes back to what we were talking to a little bit about just really knowing the people. It's the reason why I'm never afraid LinkedIn's going to take my job. You just can't. That personal touch is always there. But anyway, to be able to say, I know the person, and then to now have that person in that seat. And I always joke because the day that they sign, I'm like, the day you sign your offer letter, you go from being my candidate to being my client. And that's always another interesting little uh, uh switch role reversal so it's got transformation exactly so that was definitely my my favorite search although i have done a lot of great ones this year that's always a good one um i'm not your lovely but one day i hope to know everyone so i can just 
think it in my head. Um, mine's similar. Exactly. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they just pop up in my head. Um, uh, you know, mine's similar in some ways in that um, I had a hire where um, a few people, you know, were like, maybe that's not the right person. I think, you know, kind of unsure, like, oh, it doesn't look so great on paper. Um, but after, I'd, you know, having conversations with this person and knowing like, hey, like, again, trying to understand the values of that client and um, being able to see that this person would be a good match and kind of fighting for it on my own end, um, they did and they're still there. And it's been a great year for for this person. And I think that's always, again, it's like standing in kind of what you know and your experience and knowing like, hey, like, I understand who you are as a client. I understand this candidate and you guys will be a good match. You kind of have to be able to see through the fog and the ways, you know, all the, you know, sometimes clients come to us and want all these things and you're like, hey, that's actually not what you need. Um, let me let me help you out there. And so I think um, being able to to advocate for, for a candidate in that sort of way, I mean, I, I find myself advocating for candidates a lot and in turn that's really advocating for the client because I'm like this is this is what you need um I promise and once they kind of get that person in front of them and are able to dive a little deeper they're able to see like hey actually this is a good fit it's not this box um these check boxes we've been looking for the past year which is why you know that's why you're asking for our help is we're here to open that door and show you hey there's some other options out here here's what it can look like and I think the biggest part of our job is building that case, right? Mm -hmm. So when somebody comes to you and they say, I want an asset manager who really sits at the property level and you kind of start to talk it through and you're like, but really that asset manager is going to add the most value if they're also able to do this yeah. analytical review of what's happening at the property. And sometimes with the smaller companies, or just companies that haven't done it this way, kind of explain. But you can't just come right out and say it because most people don't want to hear it. So you have to kind of take them on this journey. And then at the end, they're like, hey, wait, I think what I need is somebody who's really good with numbers. You're like, that's so wonderful. You're, you're a genius. <laughs> it's kind of fun. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious if there was, if there was one, uh, it doesn't, probably doesn't have to be just one, but the question is kind of, written this way is there one intangible uh that you notice that you've noticed over the last year that more candidates should have to make themselves more attractive you know those who are probably looking for a job in 2023 is there one like soft skill or intangible that you know you're like if you don't have that in your tool belt right now you should probably have it in your tool belt i'm gonna say grit and I know that sounds like an odd answer, but I think that, and I don't know if it's generational or I don't know if it's, I don't know exactly what it is, but I found that I, more people are apt to say, I, I go home at five or I want to work from home more. And I think that what's going to shape success for candidates are those personal references. And I, I don't feel like you can really get those, A, if you're not like grinding it out, but also you need people to understand that you're grinding it out when you're junior. So I think that, that this people who wake up and come to the office and people who raise their hands for the extra projects, I, I feel like making that, not only putting it on your resume, but also having your references speak to that skill that like, 
okay, coach, put me in, put me in. I think that's a winning skill. And 15, 20 years ago, I think more people did it just by virtue of the fact that you were kind of sitting in the office and that competition was formed. I think now it truly makes people stand out. What do you think, Victoria? Yeah, I'd add to that also like, well, I mean, I definitely think grit's important. Um, and I'd add to it, I think it's like complementary is like flexibility. Um, and so the ability to kind of take on different projects, I wonder a little bit about how roles might shift in the next year and, you know, the expectation that, you know, maybe you're working on asset management, but if you have some acquisitions background, like maybe you might jump on a project if that's where they need you, or if they have, you know, they're a little short here, like you just being able to be open um, about to like what other opportunities there might be within. And, and to be honest, that helps everyone, including yourself to have, you know, different experiences. But I think the flexibility is something that um, I don't know if I've not seen candidates have it, but I think in real estate, things can feel like very like you're here, you're here, you're in your silo. Um, and, and I think that the more that you can be flexible and open, the better experience you have. But I think that clients are looking for that. Um, and want to know that you're kind of have multi talents and multi experiences and, and at least are up for that. Um, so yeah, that's one thing. I think it's kind of tied to grit and raising your hand and um, being willing to kind of jump on a project. But I think able to be flexible, considering um, you know no one kind of knows exactly what the next year is going to look like. I think that that um, clients are actually you know organizations that are they know are going to say yes or be willing to to shift a little bit um and, and, and kind of mold into what you know other opportunities are. awesome answers all the way around last one for today and for the year ah. uh, we always ask this at the end of the podcast um how does your work have impact uh i guess in the world on your on the real estate i guess in this case uh how does your work have impact well, I think there's a couple of ways. It's always, it's really important to me. Impact, impacting the youth has always really been really important to me. So two of the things that I try to do is I do mentor work both for ULI and for Project Destined. I'll tell you what those are another time, but two, two projects that I'm very focused on. And then um, I'm working with some folks who run ESG for some large organizations to try to put together, and what what I call it is like ESG for dummies. Like if you're an owner of a few apartment buildings and you don't, and you can't adopt ESG as an initiative across the world, or you know, or across everything, like what little steps can you take to make a difference? And I feel like by having teenage kids who are so focused on sustainability and, and the planet, it's really impacted me. And I think there are things that I didn't learn in school that they just kind of teach me about what a difference it can make if your buildings are sustainable. So my goal for 2023 is to um, make an impact by having some type of organization that I'm gonna be a part of to help people to do that. Um, yeah, that's, that's my, my, my goal, my impact goal. I want to hear more about about the projects you're working on with you line. Was it Project Destin? That was yes. Great. I'll I'll be bringing you in. Be careful yeah. what you ask for. No, we know. <laughs> Always recruiting, guys. She's a recruiter. <laughs> Always recruiting. There you go. Yeah, you have to be careful when you work at a recruitment firm. You will always be recruited to there do something. 
Um, yeah, I, um, it's interesting. This has been my first year recruiting. And so, um, you know, formally I've worked on, you know, people staff and, and done it in different ways, but at an agency and I, I love being at Jackson Lucas. Um, I think I think about it in, in one way, you know, I'm a woman of color and, you know, the real estate industry doesn't, you know, always reflect the diversity, I would say of the United States or of the world. And so a lot of times, you know, I have clients come to me who are interested in bringing, you know, more diversity um, within their staff. And then, you know, I work with candidates that often can have trouble getting in front of those clients. And so one way that I see it is really giving people the opportunity that, you know, maybe wouldn't typically have the opportunity to get in front of, um, of clients just because sometimes, you know, it's easy to pull from a big group and you all of a sudden you pull all, all the people that are kind of easy to get to you. And so I often really do a lot of hard work to try to present like diverse candidate slates to my clients so that, um, when they're interviewing and their processes are more diverse than, you know, maybe would say typical and, in I just think, you know, to be very honest, there's a lot of wealth in, and money to be made in real estate. And by, you know, by, you know, certain groups of people not having access, I think, to those jobs and those careers, then, you know, that causes huge cycles. And so um, that's one way I see, I see having an impact. I think being a recruiter also, we're talking to like men's two people every single day. Um, and, I think in the way you recruit and the way you listen to people and the way you make people feel confident about, you know, their strength, about what they bring to the table. Um, and this is all people, uh, you know, the way that you get to work with clients, you know, I talk to people who might be having a bad day, like might've lost, you know, a parent to cancer. Like you, you get involved because you're just random in their day of 30 minutes, you're talking to them. And I think the ways in which you're able to connect with someone, even if you're not, they're not going to be the candidate, even if they're not going to get the job. I think those little tiny things are the ways that we also make impact as recruiters is that, you know, we just get to talk to people around this world, like every single day and um, really do matter even if it doesn't work out. And so, um, yeah, I think it's kind of the same way you can make an impact in any role. Um, but I just think because we're doing it all day long, um, it's another way that I think about our jobs as, as kind of having a positive impact on, on communities and people. You get to spread your sunshine to all the people you chat with. Yes. <laughs> that California sunshine. <laughs> there you go. Well, Lisa and Victoria, thank you for everything you do on the podcast. It's been a great year, and I look forward to more awesomeness in 2023. Uh, thank you to everyone that listens, and um, have a happy new year, everyone. Yes, thank you, Julio, the mastermind behind this. So thank you. We appreciate all the work you do, um, both you know for our podcast, but in your, in your job and real estate every day, too.